Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. It's Mitch Michaels here. We got a lot to talk about today. Special guest on today's show to talk about the French Open. It's Rachel Stuhlman, host of the Toss Up, the tennis expert herself. We got a lot to break down in the French Open. Rafael Nadal goes for his 12th title. He's been rolling through two matches. How Serena Williams has been doing, dropped a set early, looked good in her second round. Naomi Osaka has been battling, but she's still alive after beating Vika Azarenka. Federer's return to the clay has uh, been brilliant, to say the least. A lot to discuss, Rachel, as well as the struggles of Americans on clay court events, especially the French Open. Nick Kyrgios, a lot to discuss there, and what she thinks about fashion in the French Open. It's always great to chat with Rachel. Here it is now, an interview with Rachel Stolman on the Money Mitch Effect. Let's start the show. All right, now delighted to have on the Money Mitch Effect back again. It's been far too long since we've talked tennis with this next guest, host of the toss-up, tennis expert, Missouri Tiger tennis player in the past, as well as an expert on everything tennis and Migos, I believe as well. Rachel Stoneman, thanks for joining the Money Mitch Effect. Hi, thank you. Happy to be back on the show. It's been a very long time, as we mentioned, but we're major season, May, French Open, and I don't think enough people, this is kind of what I wanted to start with, Rachel, I don't think enough people outside the tennis world really understand how the surfaces affect the game and how players have to just gear up for each surface. And there's nothing like the French Open. There's nothing like playing on clay. It's it's probably not for the faint of heart. You really have to be all in. You can't mail in playing on clay court season. Right. I mean, clay is arguably the most physical surface the points are longer. The ball um, is a little bit more slowed down. So yeah, it's it's one of the toughest surfaces that these players have to adjust to, and um, yeah, and play a super tough slam on. So you see that heart matters matters the most. I feel like in these matches, it's it's one of the main reasons, one of several reasons why Rafael Nadal's one eleven going for twelve this year. Before we get to him, I wanted your thoughts on the women's draw. The number one player in the world, Naomi Osaka, winner of the last two Grand Slams, Rachel, hasn't been playing her best tennis, has been going through some things on and off the court, but she still is in the driver's seat as the best player in the ladies' game. It hasn't been easy for her. She's had a difficult-ish draw, beat Azarenka today in three sets. Her first round match against Medleva was also three sets. I find it fascinating that what we're starting to see is a Naomi Osaka that, yes, isn't at her best game, but... I'm taking the positive away. She's battling out there. I know a lot of players that would have and have mailed it in and, and kind of gone away in these second and third sets losing. I'm taking the positives of this. Right. I mean, she had two incredibly difficult first and second round matches, and uh, and she fought through both of them being a set down in each. And, uh, you know, she beat Azarenka second round, and, and you can't ever count Azarenka out. She was two points away from beating Osaka, and Naomi just, you know, grinded through and and did her thing, and and you know she may be off to a slower start in this slam, not just you know taking the first couple rounds out quick, but that's fine. Like she's kind of finding her footing in the clay, and and uh, and I think she's gonna probably finish very well in this tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if she wins this one. I know she wants to. Yeah, absolutely, and I think too, she's at the point where. She's chasing a lot of different things. She's number one, but I think she's chasing that consistency that other than Serena Williams and a handful of others, there really hasn't been that consistent champion on the women's side. She's won two of the last, you know, two of the back-to-back the last two slams. 
this is already gearing up to be one of her best runs on clay. Right. Even if she doesn't win this tournament, if she gets to the semifinals, quarterfinals, semis, even the finals, that's going to put her in the position where everybody knows that she's going to give her best shot every major. And it's it's gotten to the point now where I look to her, which, I again, I haven't said since Serena was at her apex, there's nobody else that I'm looking more towards in a major on the women's side. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned how inconsistent the women's tour is, and, and I always think about how the first, wasn't it 19 tournaments? Yeah. Or like it was a different winner every tournament. Like it's just inconsistent. And, and uh, you know, it's good to see Osaka continue her run with the slams. I've always been a fan of hers. I remember being at the U.S. Open years ago, kind of before she even, um, you know, was this huge star. And she was playing Kerber, who was the one seed at the time. And she just took her out so easily. It was like 6062 or something. And I was like, she's going to be it. Like she's it. Like it looked like nothing. It, it looked like it was nothing to her and either. Like she had been there before and she was young at the time. I was like, Yeah, she's definitely something super special. And then the past few years she's just she's just like become unbelievable. I think some of her strongest traits are how she's so mentally just tough and she she doesn't let too much get under her skin. I know like she kind of gave you know how Murray will kind of be sarcastic to his box right, when he right. like she was kind of doing that a little bit, like um, you know, the thumbs up to the box and all that when she wasn't doing well but like she's you know she's she's great I think that she's gonna go pretty far she's young she's motivated and she's in incredible shape yeah, I gotta bring some more stats if I knew you were gonna come with a few few I'm gonna have to study <laughs> up but no you're exactly right and look as great as you are Serena Federer Nadal Djokovic now you're not gonna win every tournament so there's gonna be lulls it's a long season and it's it's kind of ridiculous to, th to assume that someone's going to win every tournament or even go deep in every tournament but what we're seeing from Osaka is she is getting up for the biggest and baddest tournaments and with that consistent serve with the with the ability to win when you're not at your best I think that's very uh, very interesting and very possible that she makes another deep run she's already battle tested now it's going to get yeah. even tougher maybe not even tougher early on but Siniakova is no slouch she just took out Sakari it's not yeah. an easy draw. It's it's I funny know. how that works. Some some players are just kind of sliding into the fourth round. Osaka's had to work for it. Yeah, she certainly has. And uh, hopefully she comes back, you know, with that same energy the next few rounds. I was sad to see Sakari lose, by the way. I like her. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I got to rep Team Greece for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, but uh, there was another thing I wanted to bring up before we get to Serena Williams and what she's done. An interesting tidbit of information and that's the struggles of uh, 2017 champ, Elena Ostapenko. She's played the French Open now five I times. Five... I just saw this stat. It's so bad. <laughs> five times. She's won seven matches. It was all in 2017. I'm like, let her live, let her live. She had her moment, but just seeing that stat is hard to look at. And, you know, she went, you know, it's go big or go home. She went super big that year, 2016, right? Or 2017? 17. 2017. Yeah. yeah. I really want her to do well, but we're getting same. in the range where I don't want this title to look like the biggest fluke in women's major history in a few no, years. I, so You don't um, want to see it. I think, wasn't Ivanovic, like, she had something similar to that at the French Open? You're right, but the, the only yeah. difference is, I think, what was it, 2015, she made at the towards the end of her career run to the semi. So, it, so she yeah. did actually have that second win that kind of made it a little more respectable. But that loss okay. that Halep had in that final, I mean, she could be going for a three-peat. That, that was... That was a tough one, but I do actually, I want to just quickly touch on Hal because she's another one. I don't want to leave her out. She won the title last yeah. year. We should give the defending champ 
some credit there. Another player that's had two three-set matches, but the difference being, Rachel, in the third set, she's come out kind of pissed off. Like, she's just rolled in her third set. So I think it's I think it shows that she's playing a little more efficient. She talked about going into this major, how her preparation has changed. She, she got the weight off of her shoulders, and at least in the third sets of these matches, it's showing. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. And it is good to kind of see her always show up consistently. She's always like super feisty out there. And I wouldn't be surprised if she makes a pretty far run in this as well. If not, you know, defending champ defender title. Um, So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how she does. She wouldn't have to. We talked about the draw. She wouldn't have to play a seated player until the quarterfinals. Yeah, that's that's... that's nice. That's a nice (laughs) run. Aside from like we were just talking about Osaka's tough round. Tough uh, draw. You know, actually, I'm going to correct myself. There's not a seeded player in that other section either. So she's seed free to the semifinals. Really? Which is insane, yeah. That is insane. With Sabalenka losing to upstart American Anisimova, who I don't know about you, but I'm telling everybody out there, buy stock in her right now. She's 17 years old and American, and and she will... If she doesn't win a major champion, win a major title before her career is over, I would be shocked. I'm just saying that right now. I think you're right. Um, I haven't put too much thought into it, but uh, I have seen her, and she's she seems very, very like mature on court, despite her age. And it, I think you're right about that one. So, Rachel, now I want to ask you about Serena as we segue into that. I know you're a diehard Serena fan, and it's been an interesting portion of her career as she moves now on to the third round of the French Open, as we thought she would. The draw was was favorable up until this point, but. It's been a very challenging year, and maybe not the challenges we thought we'd see. Rachel, she yeah. just hasn't been finishing a lot of these tournaments. She's been withdrawing. She's been retiring yeah. in some matches. So I'm going to ask you, you talked about how this is a, a very tough, a very physical tournament. What do you think about Serena as she's been the first two matches and going forward where the competition is really going to take a step up? Yeah, I think that she looks pretty strong um, these first couple rounds. I think that she has a great team behind her. That will keep her, you know, as healthy as she can be right now. She did have some injuries earlier in the year, Miami and um, the couple tournaments after that. So I'm hoping that she feels all better and is healthy for this tournament and can compete and won't have to pull out or or anything like that. I think she'll do fine. I think she will make a run. I have her winning the French, so Mm -hmm. we'll see. The only thing that makes me a little hesitant there is the draw is not kind to her. Yeah, And I want to say, too, I was really looking forward. My favorite second-round matchup, men's or women's, that didn't happen was going to be Kennan and Drescu. Really wanted to see that match. Yeah. The rising stars in the game. Yes. Uh, BB Andrescu, her shoulder wasn't cooperating, so she withdraw. But it sets the stage for what I would consider a great opportunity for Sophia Kennan. Whenever you get to play these legends of the game and you play them, even if they are slightly on the downside of their prime, Kennan Kennan and Serena is a fun match, and she's Sophia Kennan's another one that's that's rising. I'm circling that fourth round matchup, Rachel Serena and Ash Barty, as one that I can't wait to see. Like I can't wait to see it too. I love Ash. I like her. I, she's I, so low yeah. key, like faster than just about everybody else out there. Which yeah, I saw her play in person at Indian Wells, and that was what blew me away was her court movement. Yeah, and I like her because she's, like, super, super low-key and, and just, like, has it all together. She's not a loud player. She just kind of goes under the radar and does what needs to be done and then shows up at the big tournaments. Like, didn't she just win doubles with Azarenka, like, a title? She won doubles with Azarenka recently. 
Serena. It's funny. Serena beat her, I think, in the third or fourth round, the third round last year in the French Open. What Barty's done in that time since has been it has been crazy. She's gotten number eight in the world. She won Miami, which I don't know if a lot of people really realize how big of a deal that is. And and has had consistent showings at just about every major she's had since last year's yeah. French Open. So that's a tough one for Serena. And that's tough because of the surface, of Barty's style. We talk about other sports like boxing and even hockey where styles make fights. That's one that I think Serena would, wouldn't be too upset if Pekovic took Barty out next round. Yeah, I think that would be a good upset to um, bet on. I think that you're right about that one. I've actually thought about that when I saw the matchup. Uh, I still have Serena. <laughs> it's tough to pick against her uh, unless, I mean, realistically, Rachel, the only person that you have confidence being her at this point is Osaka because we've seen it a few times. Right, right. She's, but, yeah. But outside she, of, yeah. No, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That would be a, that would be a semi, and I really want to see that. We were one match away last time, uh, I do too. for sure. I want to switch now. Still talking with Rachel Stillman on the Money Mitch effect to the men's side because there's a lot of storylines in tennis. Yeah, but this is fun. Nothing, nothing was going to top Rogers' return to the clay. Like mm-hmm. I, I know why he did it. I understand completely. A veteran, the surface wasn't his best. It's crazy to say that because. He's a top 10 clay court player ever, but we all talk about how bad he is on clay. Yeah. But he's, but he's back at the French Open, and I got to say, I don't know what the expectations are, Rachel, but it sure has been fun to watch him. Yeah, I mean, he. it is funny how you said people will say he's not a good clay tennis player, but mainly because he's so strong on grass and so strong on uh, you know hard court. But he's still, like you said, the top 10 on clay. So, yeah, I think he's doing – it's it's really fun to see him back out there. It's hard to play these clay tournaments at the beginning of summer because it's so kind of taxing on the body. And, you know, we're happy to see Federer out there willing to play before his tournament, Wimbledon. So, um, you know, it's good to have him back out there. And hopefully he does make, you know, a good run for the tournament. Yeah, watching him out there, you really take take for granted – because, I mean, I'm, I'm in the point now, Rachel, where I'm just appreciating every Federer, Federer match. I don't know what the timetable is, but... I know. Even on clay, even with which isn't his best style, he looks like he's having fun out there. His hands are still ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, or, yeah, it was yesterday, his matchup against the, the lucky loser, Ott. He looked like he was just toying with him out there. Yeah. <laughs> was... Match point. Did you see the match point? Oh, he yeah. just, like, hit this, like, just drop volley. Just... We, yeah, I was like... We... We were joking that he was walking to the net either way. Like he knew the match was over. It looked like it. It looked like it. <laughs> I, I think Roger's expectations are to just have fun in Paris. Obviously, he wants to win yeah. every match that he plays in. But, I mean, I think he knows on this surface it's hard for anybody to beat Djokovic and, and Nadal. Team would really be the only one. I know that's kind of a bigger picture thing. Love yeah. Sitsipas. Don't know that he's there yet for best of five and a major to run the gauntlet. Team to me is really the only one. I know he's lost a, a set already early, but he's the guy that I think has shown that he has the stamina and the ability to go shot for shot for four or five hours with those two. I would definitely have to agree with you on that. He is so like physically fit and looks so good out there. And you know, when other players are kind of wearing down, he always comes through and, and looks like he hasn't even, while the other players are struggling, he looks pretty fit. Yeah, and, and you know what else, too? I, I was going to ask you this as a tennis player and, and an expert on this. Does it surprise you that for a guy, I think he's like 5'11", the power he generates? Because I was thinking about this, and, and I'd have to go back to somebody like Agassi that wasn't maybe as tall 
and as, yeah. as big to be able to hit that one-handed backhand specifically, the forehand too. But he generates power like he's somebody I think like six three, six four. That's a really, really good point. I haven't really thought that about him, but luckily for some of the athletes, unlike you know basketball in certain positions in football and tennis, you would like to be a taller build. Like, wasn't it? five of the top 10 were over like six, five, like it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, so obviously height helps, but you still can be a smaller player. And like you said, generate the power and be able to have a really solid physical match. And uh, I think that he can totally handle it. I think five eleven isn't the shortest, like uh, what, what was uh, Michael Chang? Wasn't he like super short? And like, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, Agassi and Ferrer, like, you know, they were all, not that tall guys and and so uh i think that he's kind of in on the shorter side but i think he does generate enough power and he's strong enough like we're talking about he has the endurance to you know move back and move the extra couple steps that the tall players don't have to um move in order to set up as best he can for the ball and he loves so, and he loves playing on clay this is his favorite surface it's it's yeah very apparent so i'm interested to see if he can make a deep run get to the semis and then see what happens from there but it is Rafa's world in, in Roland Garros and we're going to get to the fashion side of things a little later but on the court I'm going to just ask you when <laughs> if ever is he going to have drama is he going to have a tense match in this tournament who is this Rafa yeah I mean, is it going to happen is he gonna... I don't know I'm like nope he can uh he's king of clay he's going to do no wrong in my eyes he'll make a, <laughs> he's going to have an easy draw he'll make it to the finals and win easy no, that's like just the storyline. But I think that he'll, um, I think he'll have a good tournament. And I'm not quite sure who who is he going to run into kind of deeper into the tournament. Who's on his side? Yeah. So yeah. he actually plays David Gofan next round, which Gofan's I, not at his best, but that actually might be Nadal's tougher matchup yeah. for the next couple. Fourth round, it's not going to be any real challenge. A wild card and uh, an unseated player. Yeah. He could get Nishikori in the quarterfinals. That'd probably be the favorite of that group to maybe make a run and challenge him. But we're looking at the semis, and that's when you get to either Federer, Sitsipas. I mean, he's another one that's there, and you know, a, a third great. round and a third round matchup in that same section with Sitsipas between Stan and Grigor. So, I know I like this matchup, and Grigor. I love to see him doing so well. Isn't it crazy, too? Grigor yeah. beat Chilich in a five-set match. It was a great match. Grigor unseeded. Second round, Chilich the 11th seed. Last year, they were respectively the three and four seeds in the French Open. It kind of shows you how fast it can go away in the tennis world. One year to the other, if you don't perform, if you don't put the results so up. So true. Yeah, so true. But it is really good to see Grigor making a little bit of a deep run in a tournament so far. Because he hasn't been around as much. Uh, I think his first match, I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's still kind of a tougher draw uh, against, um, who did he play? The Serbian. Tipsarovic. Yeah, Tipsarovic. And uh, I was like, shoot, that's a tough one. He, he got past that. He got past the next one. I hope that he also makes a deep run because he is so talented. And uh, I know players used to kind of, or people would compare his game kind of to Federer a little bit. And so, I don't know. He's, he's just that... Um, Good player. I hope he goes far. Yeah, two five-set matches, but if anyone's in the shape to keep it going outside of Nadal, it probably would be Grigor. Yeah. I just, it, it, just one other thing on him. I just don't know if, if as someone that coaches young players and, and players of all ages, if coaching might be very important to him. Like, if he gets the right voice in his corner, maybe it's Agassi. He's working with uh, 
Stepaniak now. But he's somebody okay. with the shot making and the game that if he just gets, I think, the right voice in his corner, he can really take off. Yeah, that's a great point. He's with uh, Stepanite Stepanite now. I mean, maybe this is the fit if he's, you know, made a good run at this French. Really do want to give a shout out to Stan as well. Uh, the bad knee injury. A lot of yeah. people didn't know if he'd ever even play again, let alone get to a high level. 24 seed, you know, he's top 25 in the world, so we're getting back to there for Stan. It's nice. And and he played that Chilean Garen who was coming in into the clay court into this major with a great clay court season, and Stan just hit him off the court. That was vintage for him. Yeah, Stan, he, he has had some adversity, and, uh, you know, it is good to kind of see him coming back. Yeah, want to see more from Stan. This is a great matchup. The winner's going to have a lot of momentum against Sitsipas, we think. But, Rachel, uh, on, no. more of, on more of the somber news, on more of the somber news, at least in the tennis world, <laughs> I got to ask you what's wrong with American men on clay? Because it's been bad for a while. It's been very bad. And now we're at a point now where only one man won in their first-round match. It was Taylor Fritz. Didn't, yeah. didn't advance after that. We're at a point where uh, – you know, TFO got the 32 seed. He was barely, yeah. he, he got the last seed and that kept the streak going. He was the highest seed American. He was the last seed. So I don't know if it's a surface. I know we've talked about American men's tennis yeah. and who's next up, but whatever it is on clay, the results just haven't, haven't had to be there. And I was wondering if you could shed some light why you think that might be the case. I know. I remember speaking on this a little bit. I think it was last year, but yeah. So, you know, I think, the women actually have been doing having a good tournaments. The American women, Sloan and Madison, and it was a couple or one or two others. Uh, Shelby Rogers won her first round, and so women are doing pretty well. But I remember having this talk last year and hearing a little bit about people talking about it. But is it kind of the lack of training on clay and and not growing up playing on clay tournaments? Because uh, you know, obviously, most in the U.S. are hard courts. We got some clay in Florida and a lot of hard true courts around there, but the red clay, like that's all overseas. That's in Europe. And they are the, the uh, players over there. They grow, grow up on the play and they're accustomed to it from a young age. So maybe that is uh, a role in why the Americans aren't performing and, you know, fail to perform as well as the other players from overseas at the French open. It's something that I think is obviously best fixed by, if we have Americans in the top 10, the results will come that way. I, I do think that the style might not be a situation. A lot of American kids just don't, as you said, grow up playing clay court tennis. The right. women the women have been better in their field so far. They've, they've been more dominant in the in the rankings, and that's going to reflect that. So, yeah, it's, it, is, it is something that I think that we need to monitor and see over years. It was just disappointing this year. I had to get your thoughts on that. As, yeah. well, as, as well as, Rachel, it's been a while since we've chatted. We we need to talk about Nick Kyrgios because man, <laughs> that's that. There's a lot to discuss about him. He went on uh, a podcast recently, basically gave his honest thoughts on everybody, which I, I respected that part. Just just be honest, tell the truth. Didn't like the fact that he pulled out of the French Open. I'm not sure if he was sick, but he said some bad things about it. Pulled out last minute. Where do you think he is mentally and both physically as a tennis player? Because he's great for the sport. When he wants to compete, totally give yeah. him, give, totally get him flipping out and showing emotion, passion. I'm with him there, but I don't like quitting. I don't like tanking, and, and those are the things I, I really hope that he works on. Yeah, and it's it's hard with him because 
I was thinking about it the other day. I feel like people either love him or like either really hate him. And like there's not too much middle ground when it comes to Nick Kyrgios. And I I love him for the sport. I think he's he brings something different. I think he brings passion. I think he speaks his mind, which is something that, you know, isn't as common in the sport. I think where he's at right now is kind of tough tough to say. You know, he had his kind of meltdown in, in Rome and that was that's tough and he did go on the podcast and I don't think there's anything wrong with him expressing his like what he thinks I think there needs to be more of that going on so uh, I do respect that he kind of said all that yeah it's just it's a, it's a tough situation with him and everyone always says you know look at his potential look at his potential I truly think he is doing his best right now I think he's doing his best I think he's kind of dealing with what he's dealing with and uh, and for whatever reason he pulled out, I'm sure that it was what was best for him. It was just so interesting to hear his thoughts. Oddly enough, didn't really have anything negative to say about Federer or Murray. Nadal wasn't too thrilled with. Brutally <laughs> honest negative takes with Djokovic. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious just, to me. I feel bad for saying it. Now I want to see them play and if Kyrgios wins, do the heart celebration. Uh, oh my God. Top five line ever in, in any podcast I've heard. You can't be the best ever if I've beaten you. That is oh my so God, ridiculous. It was, it was great. Um, no, I mean, I agree with you. I think he is good for the sport when right. he's out there, when he's competing. Even if he is flipping out, I love it. It's very McEnroe-like, and I respect that, and I like that. Uh, right. We just need to, see, we need to see him playing more and getting more consistent results because, you know, he's what, like not even in the ranking now, I think teetering. And and I know he can beat everybody. We talk about how if he can if he plays a big match, he gets up for it, can beat anyone. To win a grand oh, slam, to be in the top ten. Unfortunately, as Andy Roddick said, I think it was him, you can't really just play when you want to play. So yeah. I wanna see more of him. That that's kinda of where I'm at. Like I like him in the game and I wanna see more of him, but for whatever reason it just hasn't been there. But I'm hopeful the grass court season is a new season for him. He's expressed yeah. his disinterest in the clay, which isn't a new thought in the school of tennis, but yeah. There, there's not much. There's not many more interesting uh, characters in tennis than Nick Kyrgios. I will say that. I would agree with you, and arguably the most talented player on tour. You know, people have kind of different thoughts about him. Where I believe he really actually is a very you know good guy. He cares a lot about his foundation and is very uh, passionate about that. So you know, I think I hope that he does play more. And it is interesting his thoughts on clay, and maybe that's something that people just haven't players haven't really spoke on yet. But uh, it was good to kind of hear that, and now get kind of people talking about it. Doesn't like to play on clay. Uh, direct quote from him because his Jordans get dirty. Just unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. All right, Rachel Stolman on the money, Mitch effect. Uh, one, a couple other things to talk about before I let you go. I know you're into fashion, and especially tennis fashion and the crossover appeal that it has. Every year, every major, it seems like it's a big deal for the sports companies, especially Nike, who's kind of the standard bearer in the sport for marketing and for gear and apparel, to unveil some new outfits at majors. This year has definitely not you know, failed to do just that. It's been quite the interesting Quite the interesting approach. A lot of new gear. Some have been wildly approved. Some have not really been have not really gone over well. We've seen we've seen a lot of different things, including Serena Williams and her outfit, the Nike Court Cage Three Glove Rafa shoes, which I know you're a big fan of. So, I want you to assess the situation as the expert on tennis fashion as you are. What do you like? What do you hate about? Or what do you maybe just not like about the tennis fashion at the French Open? 
I actually really, really like kind of everything going on. Obsessed with Serena's um, off-white Nike court collaboration. I think it's amazing um, kind of for what it symbolizes for her and just how it looks. I would totally wear that if I was still playing. <laughs> playing. Um, I also think that the Nike court, kind of their different patterns. At first, I was kind of like, okay, what is this? And then um, I read kind of the history about it and was told a little bit about kind of what's behind the patterns and the meaning and kind of uh, also what that symbolizes. And I was like, I love it. I'm sold. <laughs> so I think that's great. Like, I, I think it's really cool when um, these brands and, and designers will start to kind of pay attention to more, like, the history and integrity of the sport and put that into their, you know, fashion ideas for on-court, you know, clothing. And so I think it's cool to see the patterns. I think they're either bees or flies on uh, some of the players outfit. It reminded me a little bit about Gucci, which I thought was kind of cool for um, the tennis players. And then the glove shoes. I just like anything different right now. I'm so, I was so kind of just war like tired of seeing kind of the old, just bland outfits, even players matching. Like I always talk about how tennis is the only sport without a uniform. So why are we not, you know, being creative? Why are these designers not collaborating with the different tennis brands and finally this last year we saw all that you know Bape and Wilson Supreme and Wilson like and Nike Corda and Off-White it's all these different kind of designers right. are finally seeing that space to be able to collaborate with the tennis brand and and it's exciting to see it and I think we're going to see a lot more of that um you know mo moving forward yeah the Kyrios Kyrie collaboration too also I think fits yes. that mold um yes. no I, I the shoes are great the glove shoe is just a great idea, I think, for Rafa. And I do respect what Nike has done, the Serena outfit, what it means both on and off the court. I will say this. My critique, two critiques that I have, minor because I understand. I do actually like some of Uniqlo's stuff, but I'm not a huge fan of Fed's get-up. Just, just doesn't really do it for me. And, and the Nike for the men's I'm speaking now it is a little busier, like, and that's just me personally. Like, yeah. I thought I, I actually thought Rafa's get up for clay court season leading up to the French was great. Love the boot shirt with the accents. I think some yeah. of the stuff and, and Nike, I get why they do this and the symbol and the symbolism and, and what it represents historically. But I just think some of it, especially on the guys, have been a little busy for my taste. Yeah, it's funny if you. I think uh, to describe who has like the busiest outfit is definitely Kyle Edmund. He put mm. the two together mm -hmm. <laughs> he put the uh floral design and then and then the uh b design together so that was that was kind of interesting but good for him you know so yeah i think it's i think it's cool because it's different and it's fun to see that i think he went rogue there but no good for him you know, I, he, he was like i'll take this and this and put it together no yeah it works for him so do you think there was legit criticism i, I did read something about rafa's shirt which they said that being yellow and the color of the tennis ball I don't know if there is a lot of legit truth to that, but I did think it was funny some viewers said something. That is funny. You know, I don't know. I was actually asked the other day a similar like, question about that. Are other players distracted at what their opponent wears? And I was like, at that level, if they're distracted by their opponent's like attire, then that's something with them because they're all so mentally tough that they're not worried about what their opponent is wearing. You know, so so – if anyone's going to be distracted about these things, like you said, it's the viewers, it's going to be the fans um, and not the players. But if the ball is getting kind of caught in the shirt when Rafa's hitting it, I don't know. That's something different. I've never experienced that. I've never heard of that happening on a court before. So that's something interesting and 
who knows? <laughs> Good point for sure. And uh, I don't think it's happening on the court, but I don't think so either. You don't know. Uh, all right, Rachel, this is fun. Before I let you go, we got some big matchups coming up, and, and I know you've picked Serena to win the women's side. What are some other things you're looking forward to? And ultimately, uh, who do you see host, hoisting both trophies? Oh, gosh. So ideally, and I always feel like I'm putting you on the spot, but we've been talking for like 30 minutes. <laughs> I know it's okay. I know, right? It's okay. I always go with who I started with at the beginning of the tournament. I love Serena. I think that she'll win this one. If not, it's going to be Osaka. On the men's side, I think Rafa's going to win this one. Um, I don't know. I don't. I went, I'm so confident with Rafa winning this one. I don't even want to say someone else could win it. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know, it's it's just an exciting tournament, and I'm excited to kind of see the rest of the matches kind of pair out. Well, on the men's side, I think you just have to think about who can make runs. Like, it's almost foolish to yeah. pick against Rafa, but but we're going to get to Djokovic in a second. I, I'm just happy to see Delpo back out there playing. Just love to see it, and, and it's it's fun to see how much he, how much he goes for it out there. I think I, that's a fun a fun yeah. little uh, a run we could see from him, and the crowds love him just about everywhere, uh, for yeah. sure. And then another guy on the men's side, two other guys that I think need to be talked about before we before we sign off. Gail Monfils, super oh, exciting right. every year, yep. just just gets the crowd going. Having yep. to play another French guy in the next round, and another one of my personal favorites, and I'm sure yours, Fabio Fognini. Just talk about yeah. like that guy on the court. I- Yes, yeah, I think you're right about all these. Um, I'll start with one thing. I think that's been another storyline of this tournament is how these old guys are running, getting, making a super good run for it. 30, I mean, thirties and new twenties, so I hear. It's crazy, seriously, and there's even Karlovic. How he's he? I think he's forty, and how they said, you know, he's gonna be around for a little bit longer because of his serve. They just had the longest, or they just had the oldest match ever what ever played in a slam 40 and 37 or something it's like top five or six yeah but yeah. it was up there <laughs> so uh him and, and delpo's up there too right that's yeah he's why. like he's like 31 fognini's like okay. 32 monfis in that same range yeah. uh i actually i absolutely think fognini if he beats batista Gut next round which isn't going to be easy i think yeah. he beats Zverev. i mean Zverev has been Oof. just a shell of himself the last six months right he has kind of been going through it i love Zverev. I would probably bet on Sparrow of that match, though. But yeah. I do like Fognini. Yeah, that's a value one as well. And Djokovic, if he wins this major, which it's no easy it's no easy feat. Like obviously, it's Rafa. It's the French Open. But Joker's beaten him here before, and he's on the verge of maybe winning all four slams in a row. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember all the talks about, oh, is Djokovic going to come back? Yeah, he's one major win away from four straight. Yeah. Yeah. And... What was it that actually brought him back? Was it wasn't it that was it a coaching change? He went back to the old team. Okay, that's what was it was. Huge for him. Yeah, and he went back. It was that match at Wimbledon that took place over two days with Rafael Nadal, one of the greatest that's- tennis matches I've ever seen, <laughs> that willed him back into what he's become. Since that moment, he has just completely found himself again. He's rediscovered his love for the sport. I think when all said and done about the big three, Rachel, when you talk about probably, I don't even know if we're saying probably anymore, the three greatest players to ever play in mm-hmm. whatever order they shake out to be at the end, you're going to look first at what I think you would look at first is the redemptive, the redemption stories. The getting yeah. knocked from the mantle, and which a lot of top players, there's been number one players in the world for as long as tennis has existed. 
but very few have been knocked from that perch and gotten it back, and all three of these men have. Oh, and they do it consistently. That's a really good point you have. Well, I think that's the final, and I do think Rafa wins, but I think Joker's going to be ready to go five with him, and it should be fun. Uh, on the women's side, I'm, I'm just I'm a little disappointed you didn't mention your second favorite player in a big match tomorrow. Yeah, that's a, that's another player. I mean, it'll we'll probably we'll probably a spoiler alert to everybody out there post this after that match. But yeah, Garbini taking on Spitalina. That's a fun matchup, and that's a matchup that I think both players really need. I know. You know, it's crazy. I really like both of them. You know, I love Garbine. So I think this is a really good match early on in the tournament. So we will have to see the winner of this one. Winner gets probably slung. So. <laughs> right. It's a fun Which little. Tough yeah. match. A fun little section. I'm actually I'm sticking with my pre tape pick. I like Halep to repeat here. I okay. think it's a consistent choice. Mm-hmm. It, it's That's look the fun. women's game. It's fun. It, it really is fun to not know who's going to win these tournaments and to just yeah. obviously Osaka's won the last two, but there are as I think Tracy Austin said for us, there is ten to fifteen women in this major that can win, and I absolutely believe that it's who can get hot, who can go on a deep run, who can grind out wins and uh, I think it's fun maybe it's Serena again maybe it's an upstart who doesn't have a major Rachel, yeah it would be interesting Rachel this was a blast uh, one last thing uh, have you been watching hockey recently <laughs> oh my gosh don't get me started St. Louis is on watching the Blues they went in oh, overtime last good. night it was a yeah. nerve wracking game I picked the Blues to win this series in seven my advice to everybody yeah. out there is just sit back we have a lot more hockey left <laughs> oh my gosh you you guys have no idea this is like one of the most special times ever in st louis and it's so fun to watch it really wow. is it's it's fun to see a team click they were last in the league in january get to the final and i've been texting a bunch of friends and, and people back in st louis that it's ironic that all those years especially the years i lived there were teams that arguably had more talent just couldn't get over the hump you find the right collection on a team sport, the right collection of guys in that in that Blues locker room. It's right. funny they've made this run. Yeah, and not only that, but just their story, a comeback story. And in, in dead last in January, you get you know bring in clean house, bring in a new coach, and and just you know get the team back together and have to go on through it, everything that they've gone through and and seeing them fight every series. There's been some kind of I feel like adversity every series, and they always get through it. And now. Yeah, they're in the finals and it's one one and, and uh we're everyone here is just so excited. The energy's crazy here in St. Louis right now. It's been fun. Yeah, I hope it keeps going for you. I, I think we can all agree that Boston doesn't need any more championships. One last <laughs> right. one last question. Uh kind of an easy one, but maybe a tough one. What would you say, especially right now, trending wise, is the best eighties song? Eight, oh my god. <laughs> I gotta say Gloria. Okay, I'm gonna go right. with Gloria on that one. And it's so I had never heard it before, but the blues started playing it. And now I think everyone here in St. Louis knows all the words. So. You know, it's tradition. You you get on a winning streak in, in tennis and in hockey and any sport, you can't change the routine. So I think it's right. I think it's awesome. I think it it's ridiculous. It's a funny it's a funny tradition, but you can't stop now. Right. Exactly. So we'll be we'll hopefully be playing that um after the series ends. Because that uh, means we won. The parade would be nuts down Market Street. I ha- might have to fly in for that one. Uh, Rachel, this was fun. Anything else to, to plug or talk about coming up for you? 
Yeah, you know, I do have a lot of exciting things um, going on. And one thing very cool is uh, the toss-up is coming back. We have about 20 episodes to release, so I'm excited to kind of share those. And if, you know, if you just continue to or go ahead and follow me on my stuff, uh, my Instagram, rstoolman, and my website, Rachel Stoolman, you'll kind of be able to keep up with everything that I'm doing in the tennis industry. Awesome. Can't wait to do that, Rachel Stoolman. Thanks for coming by Talking Tennis. We'll see if those work out. Good luck to the Blues, and uh, thanks again for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. Huge thanks again to Rachel Stillman for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Appreciate talking with her. Always a blast talking tennis and the crossover stuff as well. And I am rooting for the Blues in this one. So hopefully that's a winner for her as well. Check out all of her stuff, her website, her social media pages, and stay up to date with the toss-up. New episodes coming out very soon. Can't wait for that. This was the Money Mitch Effect. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Subscribe, leave a rating or review. Check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. And follow me on Twitter, MoneyMitchM21. A lot to discuss, especially next week. More French Open talk as we get into the final stages of that tournament. The Stanley Cup rages on 1-1 now, Bruins and Blues. And the NBA Finals started last night with the Raptors winning Game 1. And now the plot thickens. Will Durant come back? How much do they need him? Seems like a lot after last night. Pascal Siakam was great. Will Ka- Kawhi Leonard improve? All that and more next week on the Money Mitch Effect. But thanks again to Rachel Stillman. I am Mitch Michaels. This was... Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports.